Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Well, friends, if you would like to follow along for our second reading of Scripture, it is going to come to us from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, uh, from Philippians chapter 3, verses 4b to verse 14. Uh, If you'd like to follow along in your pew Bible or in your bulletin insert, or if you're at home virtually, you can pick a Bible of your own choosing. But let us listen now to God's holy word and what it says to us this day. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as law to, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever, I, yet whatever gains I had, these I come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. I don't watch a whole lot of uh, TV, Uh, Perhaps you have some favorite shows that you enjoy, but uh, I find that, well, well, for one, I don't really have a regular cable subscription. (laughs) Um, I'm one of those millennials who just subscribes instead to a bunch of streaming services that has the shows I like, and uh, that's really all I have. But um, there is one show I particularly like, and perhaps it's out of character for someone like me, because you've sort of just seen me up here and know me as someone who's pretty chill, someone who can go with the flow. someone who's uh, perhaps um, you know, patient as well. So this may be out of character, but I do really enjoy any kind of television show with Chef Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> love it, love it. And particularly, I am in love with the show, uh, I used to watch it quite regularly, was one that he did called uh, Kitchen Nightmares where he goes into these really, you know, really horrible restaurants, probably the ones you find that have like one-star reviews on the internet, uh, pr- probably for good reason. 
uh, you know, the food's horrible, they often are serving all these horrible things, and then he goes in there, sets everything up, you know, changes the menu, changes sometimes the inside of the restaurant, and they're given this whole second chance to, to start new. But the interesting thing about Kitchen Nightmares, uh, if you do some follow-up research, is that as he goes in and tries to turn these restaurants around, you, f you find yourself asking, how, how often has he actually succeeded uh, in this <laughs> endeavor? And it's not surprising, I guess, that even after having a new menu, a new design on the inside, having staff trained, that even after having been set up for all this potential success, uh, a lot of these places don't make a comeback, or at least the comeback they were hoping to achieve, because the people who own these places uh, have habits. They have some habits they can't let go of. And giving up old habits is difficult, even if the solution for success, even if the key for success, or in Paul's case, salvation, is placed right into your lap. <laughs> giving up the old is hard. Giving up the old is hard, even if we know embracing this new thing will lead to our success or lead to salvation. I think Paul understands this as he writes to the church in Philippi, that there's this tension that we all deal with in our lives, where we struggle with how we understand what it is we have been given, with where it is God wants us to go, where we struggle with this present hope we find that we have received with the future hope ahead. Because you see, in Christ, we have received the gift of life of new already. The foundation has been laid for us. And for Paul, this gift becomes the ultimate goal that pushes us onward. It is the key to life that has been placed into our laps. Granted that Jesus doesn't, you know, isn't really, you know, doesn't share much personality-wise with Gordon Ramsay, but you, you, you know. But the key that happens in these reality shows has happened for us in a spiritual sense with Christ coming in, giving us the key to life. It's what we do with it then that's important. What comes next? As we strive to work to bringing the future hope that Paul talks about, closer to our everyday lives, bit by bit. As we near the end of our Lenten journey, we find ourselves gazing upon life or contemplating life as Paul saw it, with one eye set on death, the casting off of old ways that don't work, or another kind of death, and one eye set on the resurrection, the putting on of the new or the ascent, the putting on of the new, embracing the new life given to us by Christ. With our eyes set on death and resurrection as we near the end of our Lenten journey, we're asked how we will live our lives with the present hope we have inherited from Christ as we consider how we might 
continue pushing on towards the goal, the one that Paul talks about, the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul talks a little bit about this inherited foundation that he's been given. And he lays a little bit out for us in the reading, in the first part, where he sort of lays out his credentials, right? The things that he's inherited simply by being who he is, right? He's a member of God's covenant people, an Israelite by birth. He comes from tribes considered to be faithful, and he's the son of Hebrew parents. That is what he claims as his inheritance that is a jumping off point for him. Now, our inheritance, uh, I would feel safe in saying that for most of us, Paul's inheritance does not look like our inheritance. And many of us probably can't claim the same lineage as Paul, but we can claim the promises given to us in Jesus Christ, who bestowed on each of us a new inheritance that provides us with the tools we need to start making transformational change here and now. The thing about this inheritance that's important for us to understand is that it is ours to make with what we choose. We can choose to squander it, hoard it for ourselves, not sharing it with those who are around us, or we can choose the more radical hope of Christ that continues to challenge us to set our eyes towards heaven and gazing towards the kind of future, the kind of present that we can make a reality. That's the thing about the inheritance we have received from Jesus Christ. It gives us this kind of advantage almost to complete the task at hand because we already know that we have the, the, what's required inside of us. But this inheritance doesn't change everything on its own. Just because we say, for example, that we are followers of Jesus Christ and that we go to church or that we do X, Y, and Z, just because we say we do those things as part of our inheritance does not automatically bring about change. The kind of change at least Paul has his eyes set on. The inheritance is a jumping off point for us to continually progress towards bringing God's justice, God's mercy, God's compassion into our midst. As I said, though, old habits die hard. Those restaurant owners would be a testimony to that. And we have old habits of our own that are hard to let go of when it comes to leaning into the promises of Christ. When it comes to seeing how what we have inherited from Christ pushes us to do something new. But we need to let those things go in order to set our sights on higher things. Because the faith we have received is such a blessing. It's such a blessing that Paul launches into this explanation as to how this foundation or this inheritance has propelled him to his current work. 
how it has transformed Paul from being this person who went about persecuting the church to being filled with zeal for the sake of God, to observing the ordinances, the law of God. What Paul has received in his inheritance inspired him to push further towards achieving that heavenly call. With our eyes set on death, with our eyes set on resurrection, how does that goal look like for us? Where do we see ourselves in making progress in this area of putting what we have received into action? And if we're not sure where to begin or if we don't think we can do it, Paul thinks we can. Paul believes that by God's grace, we can let go of our indignant words that divide instead of unify, that our actions that harm can instead provide healing, that our thoughts that place ourselves at the head of the table instead of the least of these can be reversed. Paul believes that we can truly make a difference. if we turn inward, if we find and we can rely on what this inheritance Christ has given us takes root to make the promises a reality. As we reflect on Paul's words to the church in Philippi, we should hear how they speak to us. What things have we inherited that make our work as agents a change possible? both spiritually, metaphorically speaking, but also literally. What things have we received as an inheritance that make our work as agents a change possible? Perhaps it is an actual inheritance. Perhaps it's the fact that you are privileged in some way and you know, being able to go to work or be, you are in a position where you have authority and power to make change. What are those things that enable your work to be an agent of change. We're also asked to think about what obstacles are keeping us from setting our sights on the transformative power of Christ. And how are we spurring one another on an encouragement to take responsibility of putting our faith into action? I ask these questions today as we hear these words from Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, uh, because friends, we have some irons in the fire irons in the fire that might surprise you of things that uh, hopefully will come to fruition. We're waiting to hear back on some things. But we also have some other irons in the fire that uh, we can focus on in the present as well. As one of the things I found most encouraging as we now begin to move out of this weird couple years, strange, disorienting couple years, we find a renewed sense, for example, one of those irons being our renewed sense of mission. You heard our ruling elder for mission, Joanne, mention one of those things. As we consider on our Lenten journey this year, as it begins to come to a close, let us not forget that there are some very key things we have received in our faith by professing a desire to follow Christ. But simply professing that desire to follow Christ and receiving those 
benefits of being a follower of Christ, it requires action as well, putting that faith into action. So as we near the end of our Lenten season, let us not forget that Christ has already laid the groundwork that has paved our way for our success, our inheritance. So let us go and live boldly as ones touched by such power, making the radical message of Christ real and tangible in our present time, one day after another. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.